I want to say it's always good to have Aunt Sue with us. We pray for her, and and she's a blessing to be around. I've found her to be a blessing to be around since I've been here in the last four years, and I'm glad that she's able to come and spend some time with her family around the Thanksgiving uh, table, and good to have Aunt Sue with us. And I just adopted her as my aunt, too, so it's easier easier to keep up with that way, so... All right, so uh, Ezekiel 22, and I mentioned, I mentioned the, the standing in the gap uh, this morning when I said that that was a very sad phrase in the Word of God. There's a lot of sad phrases in the Word of God, um, especially when a people is either called, you think about Ezekiel here, and these these prophets, and um, and the men that left all. I mean, Peter said, "We've left it all. We left our fishing business. We've left our families. We've we've left it all to follow you." And then you know they become passionate about a cause. And and I've shared this with you before. I think probably down at one of the fifth Sundays. I think it's. When it was, uh, maybe here, but definitely down, I think one of the times I preached down there, but just the frustrations that I'm sure Ezekiel, especially Jeremiah, when you read Jeremiah's writings and the lamentations, and when, when they see what the end is going to be, and, and they, they point it out, and they prophesy, and they preach it, or however you want to put it, and not see a response or to see them go in the total opposite direction. It's frustrating. Uh, and, uh, and it becomes frustrating. I know pastors that have testified to that on the Monday after a rough Sunday where they want to quit and they want to give up because they don't feel anybody's listening. But I, I've, I've often I've also found in my experience when you don't think <laughs> that you're doing any good, you don't think that anybody's listening. You don't think that uh, that you, you just think that all your messages and, and is falling upon deaf deaf ears. Then God will allow somebody to testify or somebody to let know let be let it be known that they have received some help, or you just see it in their lives. There'll be a manifestation of the preaching. And that's always an encouragement. Uh, I, I felt that way when, when, when I first moved to, to Madisonville, Kentucky. I moved there to take the, if you only knew, I took the, now I, I just, I laugh because if you've seen my high school grades, I have no, I mean, I have the Bible Institute that we did, uh, so no real college uh, per se, uh, no credits or anything college-wise. Um, I have some technical school, if you want to put it that way, through the Air Force and things like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, no college learning or anything like that. And then I was called to Madisonville, uh, you know, offered the position in Madisonville. The first position I held there was the high school principal, or the school principal, with Brother Hall being the administrator. And then I was teaching all four grades in the high school. It was a one-room school with ninth through 12th in it. And, uh, I mean, 
anyway, especially my English grades, but um, uh, just barely squeaking by in high school, and here I am, the, the principal and the teacher. But anyway, and then since then, you know, helped Lisa with the homeschool and stuff like that. But, um, but as a preacher, uh, you know, discouragement. Well, when I was a preacher, when I first moved there, the only people that I got to preach to was the, the school kids every Wednesday at chapel. I wanted to preach to big people. And, uh, and, and, and then so when I, 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 and I basically bucked and, you know, preaching to the little people until God said, okay, you ain't preaching to nobody. And God shut me down. I didn't get an opportunity to preach at all until I got right and said, yes, Lord, I'll preach to the little people. And then start enjoying it and start appreciating that opportunity. Once I did that and it got right, then God opened up other doors to let me as a young preacher preach to big people. <laughs> so, so there was that. And then, you know, because I didn't think that they were, I don't know, worthy of the message. I don't know what my thoughts were back then. But then also then transitioning after that first year of school that I taught, transitioning and being taught the radio ministry and the radio and the work on the radio station. And for a long time I had the afternoon shift. So I was responsible for the afternoon road show, uh, you know, and going home time and, you know, talking. And then one thing led to another and I became the morning man. And so I had the, the morning drive time, which is the harmony and eggs, gospel music time, me and Hallelujah the Rooster get folks going. And there were times even then, you know, you're just thinking, what am I doing here? You know, you're sitting there, six in the morning, talking to a plate glass, a plate glass window in front of you, the way the old studios used to be, and you're just talking to glass. You see your reflection. You know, you're, it's a one-way conversation. <laughs> you're just, except for Hallelujah the Rooster, and he's imaginary. So, I mean, you're talking to yourself, so... I got a job talking to myself, which is, you know, maybe, you know, not too strange. But anyway, I was talking to myself, didn't think I was doing any good. And then the devil would jump up on my shoulder and said, nobody's listening to you. You know, and, and that kind of thing. And then you get a phone call that says, you know, you played a song or you said something, you know, prior to a song or whatever. And that was a real blessing, a real, or you get a letter or you'd, or you'd get a, a woman that walked in at the end of the morning shift as the afternoon shift was taken over and she had a small casserole dish uh, and, and she had two of those mitt, oven mitts, the mitt type oven mitts and she, she just walks in the door carrying this, this casserole dish with oven mitts and she said, which one of you is Brother Bell? That would be me. <laughs> And she, she said, I, I want to give you this. And it was a straight out of the oven banana pudding. I'm talking the old-fashioned kind with the moraine on top, and it's got the little curl that's got that beautiful caramel drip. It was just hanging on. I said, oh. So anyway, so that was, we nicknamed her the banana pudding lady. I can't remember her name, but I remember the banana pudding. And just little things. Little gifts of encouragement like that because we were, I was an encouragement to them, then little things like that come my way. And so, so I think of Ezekiel and think of these prophets here just, just really struggling with Israel. Moses, we're going to see Moses tonight in our, in our thoughts, how that, you know, he interceded. He, he stood in the gap for Israel. And we see Daniel as well. We're going to look at these. 
and, and then hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. So Ezekiel 23 again, 22, verses 23 through 31. Again, we're going to look at this standing in the gap part versus the, uh, the one we looked at this morning. All right, so. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion, ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law. They have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths. And I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like, the, like, like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered border, seeking vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man among them that should make up an hedge, make up the hedge, and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore, I have poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consume, consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way I have, rec, have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you and praise you, Lord, for the word of God. And thank you, Lord, for this morning and the word that was brought. I pray as we look back into the same scriptures that you'll guide and direct uh, as you've uh, led me to, uh, to the scriptures again. I pray that you would move upon us, Lord, folks uh, among us that with uh, afflictions in body. I pray for Brother Crow that you give grace there with uh, his diabetes and the things that he's dealing with uh, today. I pray, Lord, for... Brother Josh, we haven't mentioned it uh, just maybe a couple of times in our prayer meeting that uh, facing some upcoming surgery in a few weeks. Uh, Josh Thomas, I pray that you would just give grace to him, help him. Thank you that Alex is healing. Uh, Lord, help him with the pain. Uh, Lord, I pray and ask that you would just uh, just help folks traveling uh, to and fro this holiday week and help us, Lord, to... Uh, not only to be thankful on Thursday, but to be thankful every day for the many abundant blessings you bestow upon us. Praise your God and direct in the message, and we ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So, I just made all that little spiel a minute ago about the men and how we feel when the message is not heeded. But in our text, it's the Lord talking. The Lord said there in verse 30, I have sought a man. I have sought for a man among them, that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore, I have poured out mine indignation. This is God talking. Mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way I have recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. So, so first, you know, there is a place to feel, a place to feel, and that's the gap, the hedge, it's, uh, that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the, for the land, for the land. We had a few here Saturday night, and I appreciate those that were here, and 
one of the things, I was the only man here, and uh, but I appreciate the ladies that come on out, and uh, we had, I think we had a good prayer meeting, and I was able to touch heaven, I believe, in my prayer. And one of the things, I don't know if I said it in the just talking before prayer, before the prayer meeting time, or if I said it in the prayer, one of the two, I think I said it in my prayer, how that, you know, I appreciate the Lord using a handful of folks. I mean, we're just a handful compared to some churches, but but I think that we, one, have a burden of prayer, and I don't want us to let down on that burden. I want us to, I want that blessings of a burden like we preached, but, and realize that a burden will drive us to prayer, and then when we see prayers answered, then we should pray for other burdens to keep us praying. But at the same time, as I read the list, you know, uh, you know, so many of us have come across people, you know, with just friends and, and, and family and acquaintances that we're praying for that's on the prayer list. And, and that is a ministry in itself. We don't have a printing ministry. We don't have a radio ministry. We don't have a, a, uh, a Christian school ministry. Several of you do within your home, and that is a ministry, and you need to look at it that way. It's not just educating your kids to graduate high school and get married, right? <laughs> that, was, that was shared earlier. <laughs> That's the goals of, of one young man. <laughs> I just need to graduate school and get married. And uh, Okay, that's good. Graduate school and get married. <clears throat> and work McDonald's in the morning and work Burger King at night. <laughs> anyway, um, but, uh, but look at it as a ministry, the nurturing of your children and in their education and and you know don't just there's a lot of people that homeschool because of the uh for various reasons but that way some people don't take it as serious as they ought to and then they let down and it becomes road school you can't you can't homeschool at walmart or at uh hobby lobby (laughs) um you need to take some time and we need to you know, instill, and uh, yeah, yes, there are some benefits, a lot of benefits, because there are a whole lot more downtime, because you don't have a lot of the extracurricular activities and things like that they do in public schools, so you can come in and get the, get the curriculum taken care of for the day's, the day's lesson, and you can be done early, and that's a blessing, or you can, you know, schedule it, and so, but look at it as a ministry, and I, and I look at that when we come in on Saturday nights, it was here when I got here, and I, I, I'm, I've learned to appreciate it. Yes, there's times that you're thinking, you know, it, you know, because other things that's going on around us that, um, that uh, you know, it makes it difficult, and sometimes we, people can't get, make it. But, but there's a mindset among several that have, a, have a, 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 a desire to make it. And, and, and we realize that it is a ministry, and, and I want us to keep, keep praying and keep understanding and, and keep te- you know, letting the Lord teach you how to pray. But anyway, there's a place to feel. We see that there's a, a gap. I said all that. There is a gap, and we can feel it in prayer. You know that, so don't just, you know, don't just like discount what we're doing. And, and there's a lot of other things that I that I appreciate, and so, but here, the God is looking and says, I look for a man to fill the gap. 
I look for somebody to lead. I look for somebody to fill in this hedge and to stand in the gap, to, 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 to speak up and to, to fix these things. And there was nobody. There was nobody. There was none. I found none. And because of that, then my wrath is poured out. And uh, so I know, I know the dynamic of the church when I got here, and there was a lot of, a lot of positions and, and positions, jobs, duties. There we go. That's a good word. Duties that fell upon the few that's now spread out a little bit. And I'm thankful to be able to see that just transpire in time. And, there's a, and, and one of the things that, you, that I've preached to you guys is, look, take your hands off of it. And I know we've testified, several of us, several of us have testified that it is a difficult thing that we've just got to do. But take your hands off and let God. And sometimes when, when you have an issue come up, whether it be with people, because we have issues with people, or some other issues that come up, one, to take, to take it to the Lord, to take your hand off and then leave it with the Lord, and then realize sometimes the Lord uses time to get the job done. We are so impatient. We want it done yesterday. We want it, we want it done yesterday, and we want to help God do it. I said we. And I've got to remind myself, take your hand off of it, take it to the Lord, leave it there, and it might not be fixed tomorrow. It might not be fixed next week. But I've got to trust God in his wisdom to, number one, fix it in his time and fix it in his way. And I've seen some of that happen, which reminds me to keep on letting him do it. And so, and I appreciate, I appreciate everybody that's taken some positions. We've got Chris doing the devotional right now. We've got, you know, the, the Sunday school teachers, and we've divided that up so it's not on just the two for Sunday morning and Sunday night for the kids. We've got that divided up a little bit. We've got Josh helping with the singing, and this Josh back there. And that all wasn't that way for a while. And then we've got you know, Brother Tim, Sunday school teaching, and then doing the, the treasure. And I, and I appreciate that. So there was, a, there was a place to fill, and it's being filled. I, and I heard that, uh, you know, last week when Tim and Glenn stayed down for the services in Louisiana, <laughs> Brother Tim uh, kind of admonished uh, uh, Josh Thomas here a little bit, you know, of uh, maybe that, you know, maybe the, the preacher will have you teach Sunday school or something, and it's like, what? No, wait a minute. I don't know. I heard that after the fact, but, but the fact that, you know, just being available, being available to fill in the gaps that take place from time to time, being a willing servant, use me, Lord. I think there's a song along those lines. <laughs> Don't refuse me, Lord. I'm a vessel to be used of you in whatever capacity that I can be used. 
and having that opportunity, looking for an opportunity, sometimes looking for an opportunity, you know, just calling up the preacher, say, we're going to be at the church. If you see any lights on, it's us. I wonder what they're doing over there. And you come in and you see what's done. I appreciate that. And the skills that some people have to do things around the church that other men don't have. I appreciate that. You know, to hear, you know, to have, to have uh, the mind that, you know, at such and such time or a little bit later this morning, I'm going to go mow the church and then be in the, the kitchen time, in the kitchen area and hear, mm, what's that? And to peek out the window and there's somebody mowing it already. What a blessing. Several, several men's done that. And, I, and, and having the desire, this coming, this coming mowing season, having the desire to spread out the work, to make a schedule between the men to say, okay, let's not put it on just one. Let's take our turns and have that desire, and we'll set, we'll set that schedule come spring. But that is a blessing. To, to, and that's what this is basically, you know, I'm not... Uh, chiding anybody I'm just saying thank the Lord that we if we need to keep that up and just to keep saying look what needs to be done and not necessarily be asked to do it and then also just to be available that if we're directed or as the Lord directs me to stand in and fill in I I want I was thinking about this last week this actually scripture in light of brother Glenn and brother Tim being gone and then maybe they're permanently gone. I'm not saying that we want that to happen, but, you know, brother, he's, he's testified. I'm 90 years old, almost 91. The time of life, I mean, I'm already on the other side of that three-score and ten. And should life happen and Brother Glenn passes, then there's a, there's a gap. There's a hole to fill. There's a head. There's a head. A gap in the hedge, and a hole to fill. And I've you've heard you've heard preaching along these lines. And 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 even I don't think it's a a country music song with the title. But who's going to fill their shoes? One of the things I have learned, whenever I got a little bit too big in my my mind. And yes, that's happened too. What are they going to do without me? Who's going who's to be able to do all that I've done around there when I'm gone? I've had that attitude at least a little while. And then God says, okay, let me show you. <laughs> and then you go and, and, and just the Lord raises up people to fill in the, fill in the gap. And they just keep right on. The ministry goes. It's, it's maybe done a little bit differently than you did it, but the work's being done. The jobs are being filled. It's amazing how God does that. And when he's done that to me the first time, I'm like, okay, I understand, Lord. So when, when it makes it easier to leave, it makes it easier to move on when God has something else for you to do, knowing that as he moves you in one direction, he's got somebody else to move into that Position behind you, and just trust in him to, to, to do that. He's he's able to do that. But there was a place. There was obviously here in the, a place to 
to feel, and God was looking for a person to feel it. And I, and I think the point is there, and we're going to see two examples and then I'll be done. The point that is there, as I've already, I've already labored it a little bit, is the fact that just to be accessible. Yes, there are qualifications for certain positions in the church, but there are a lot of positions in the church that anybody can fill, especially when it comes to prayer. If that is the ministry that God's got for us, everybody in here can pray. And to be able to fast and pray and, and just get a hold of it. I, I have a, a super-duper deep desire to get a hold of all that, we, that I can in prayer and then that, to see you all do the same. I have a desire. I spoke briefly, just I didn't say exactly what it was, but when, as I was talking with Brother uh, Chris this afternoon, he's not in trouble, by the way, but I had been wanting to talk with him back some time ago, but our schedule just has been kind of, and I finally able to talk with him. But uh, one of the things I said, I was telling him, I said, look, I've got some, some things in my heart to do as a church, and it deals with prayer. But I'm waiting for God's timing, and I'm waiting and hoping that people will follow me in that. I think we can, you know, we come in on Saturday and pray, and I think we can take prayer out. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's something we can do on a, on a scheduled basis. People pass by up and down this road. They have those little yard signs. I know somebody that can probably know, point us in the right direction where to get them. <laughs> anyway, some yard signs, you know, how, how you, you know, slow down. And, you know, they have a, a series of yard signs pointing into something. So start down here and start up here and say, prayer ahead. You know, slow down, you know, uh, free prayer and just, you know, a lot of signs and just have a, a little pop-up shelter right out here and just be in the parking lot and just say, free prayer. Parking lot praying. And just have a group of ladies. So if a lady pulls in or a man and a woman spouses so if a woman pulls in and shares a prayer request then they can just pull in over here and then they take a prayer request and you pray and just pray and get in I need to get into routine I want the church to get into routine just a, a way to witness if we talked about praying over our meals out in public you know when they come to get your drink order if, at least if you'll help me remember. Like, I've heard people use this and use it uh, positively. When they come to get your drink order, the server just say, uh, ma'am or sir, whoever the server might be, said, we are going to be ready to pray over our meal. Is there anything in your life that you would like for us to pray for? And minister to them in that. But then that's an open door to say, oh, where do you go to church? Well, here's the track. You're invited. See how that would work? Or when you leave a track with a tip in it, they accept it and they look at it a little closer and maybe show up here one morning. But, but that's, a min, that's a ministry that we all can do. I've even thought about getting out of the bed a little earlier, a lot earlier. Because i got to be at my, my building at 7 
But, of course, they've got the one gate closed and they're doing all that construction. But when it's all backed up, just on the side of the road, free prayer, prayer request taken from Sooner Rose Baptist Church. Because they're bumper-to-bumper traffic. And when they get up to you, they just roll down the window. Hey, pray for me. And just take it down. And pray. And, and, and just minister to folks. A lot of folks' ministry, we go downtown, is, you know, there's food banks, there's food pantries, and Lisa and I had a, had a discussion along these lines. What do you do when people take advantage? Oh, I know what it was. We, we passed a group that was set up at Midwest City High School yesterday in our travels. And they were offering free Thanksgiving meals in a basket for anybody that needed them. You know, anybody, a free Thanksgiving dinner. And they were handing out boxes, had, had all the fixings. And it was some, I, I say some church group because I just barely caught the sign, something about prayer or something about something or another, but that, that's what they were doing. You go downtown, there's the food pantries through the homeless. There's the homeless shelters through the homeless. That's not our ministry. That's their ministry. That is a ministry. Do the people get it taken advantage of? Yes. There's, there's the clothes pantries, the clothes closets, and the food pantries, and people that ministers to the community. Some people are touched by it. Some people come to Christ through that ministry. But then oftentimes the people in those ministries are taken advantage of. But what do you do that? Well, you, in that conversation I had with Lisa, she said, because she's like, I wonder how many people are taking advantage of that, that really don't need that. And I said, I don't know. She said, what do you do if that happens? I said, you just let it go. If they took advantage of it and, you know, and getting something free when they really didn't need that instead of giving it to somebody that really could use it and really needed it, look, it's not on you, it's on them. The Bible says God is not mocked. And that whole sowing and reaping thing, they sowed it, they'll reap it in this life. And they'll stand before God in one of the two judgment seats with that. It's off of me. Yes, I've been taken advantage of before. I was challenged as a man that was fresh out of jail. He had called around, and of course, he, he wanted something from the church. And I didn't, and of course, Brother Hall was out of town. He was the, he was the one to give the go-ahead for church funds. So he called around, called around, called, called back. I guess he heard the radio station and stuff. And he goes, you're a Christian, right? And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, why don't you put your money where your mouth is and get me something to eat? And I said, okay, big boy, where you at? So he, I said, what do you need? And he gave me a list. He wanted a couple packs of hot dogs. And he wanted, uh, you know, some razors. And he wanted some shaving cream. And he, this is the way God works. He wanted some aftershave. And uh, he wanted some other things like that. So out of my pocket, I went and I took people with me because he was staying at some of this, this out-of-jail hotel. <laughs> and uh, so carried it in. And one of the first things he did to start unpacking what I had brought, and he was looking for that aftershave to drink for a cheap high. But you know what God did? 
I went to the family dollar to buy that aftershave, and the only aftershave that they had was not the real thin alcohol-based aftershave. It was the lotion kind. And he picked it up and looked at it. <laughs> and I was ignorant of a lot of that stuff. And I, he looked at it in disappointment because he couldn't drink that lotion aftershave. I said, well, thank you, Lord, once I understood what was going on there. And we invited him to church, and he come to church. Did I take it did take advantage of? Probably in that situation. However, I'll stand before God and be judged for that, and he'll stand before God and be judged for that. So, yeah, people do take advantage, but you've got to keep things in perspective and just continue to be right in your own self, regardless of what other people do. It's hard. It's difficult. So there's a place to feel a person to feel it in God's position against Jerusalem because there was nobody to fill the gap. The wrath. He says, Therefore I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Their own way. He turned it back on themselves. And we dealt with that this morning. Now, two examples, and I'll be done. Exodus chapter 32. You know this story, Exodus chapter 32. Uh, the law had been given to Moses. I'm trying to think if this was before or after he broke the first tablets. Exodus 32. Let's read the first 14 verses. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Aaron, you big dummy. <laughs> really? You just shake your head and it's like, Aaron said unto them, Break off your earrings. Break off the golden earrings which are in their ears, which were in their ears, and brought them. Uh, I'm sorry. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off their golden earrings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after. He had made it a molten calf, and they said, These be thy gods, or and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought, uh, brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Now he, that's a very, he attributed this feast to the L-O-R-D, to Jehovah God. But before them was a molten calf. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it. And have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And, Mo, and, the, and the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, 
and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone <laughs> that my wrath may wax hot against them and that I may consume them and I will make thee, I will make, make of thee a great nation. There was a gap in the hedge. To the point where God's wrath was getting ready to be poured out upon children of Israel. And he said, I'll make thee, Moses, of seed. I'll raise up seed to thee and make thee a great nation. But there was a man that stood in the gap and interceded on that bunch of rebels, stiff-necked people that was down off that mountain. And here's Moses' uh, response and Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief he did bring them out, to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self. And saith unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Amen. A gap be was made in the hedge when Aaron did his thing and the people did their thing, but Moses interceded. And we can make application. Of course, Moses was a servant. Moses was called. There's all kinds of things that we can put there. But Moses could have said, hey, you know, I have thought about uh, becoming a great people myself. But he didn't do that. He reminded God of the promises that he made back to himself to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he reminded them of what Egypt would say if he consumed them with the wrath. He, he stood in the gap. He made up the hedge. He interceded for that on behalf of the people. And when we see, we can make application of that in our prayers for our lost loved ones. Just really be fervent in our prayers, putting some fasting and praying, realize that it's a mountain to be moved. It is a sycamine tree to be moved. Why could we not cast out the devils in this job? Our lack of faith. We didn't pray and fast. And again, just get a, re, a new glimpse of the hedge that needs to be filled in, the gap that needs to be filled in, and say, I'll intercede on the behalf of my children. I'll intercede on the behalf of my nation. We're going to see that right here in Daniel. Turn to Daniel chapter 9. Of course, I 
I started my reference back down in, in 16, but there's a whole lot before that. Let's just read beginning in verse number 1 of Daniel 9. In the, year, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books. Thank the Lord for the books. And gave Daniel understanding. I understood by the books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face. This is Daniel talking. I and I set my face unto the Lord God to keep to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting, supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to, keep, uh, and to them that keep his commandments. Notice Daniel, like Moses, mentioned the covenant. <laughs> that Moses said he swore by himself. So, reminding God of his promises, reminding God of his covenants, something that both of these men we see when they stood in the gap and made up the hedge. And notice here in Daniel's prayer, he said, I, I, and my, but then he said, we. He's, he's throwing himself in the mix of the sins of the people of the, of the children of Israel. In verse number five, we have sinned. We have committed iniquity and, and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to all Israel that are near and that are far off through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings and to our princes and to our fathers because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God, because he again, Daniel got this from Jeremiah's writings. To the Lord our God belongeth mercies, and forgiveness is, though we have rebelled against him, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us. Just like Brother Glenn pointed out this morning in Sunday school, we, he owned it. As a sinner has got to own your sin. A lost sinner has got to own your sin in repentance to salvation and a saved sinner has got to own it when God puts your finger on your sin. Before you can get right, you've got to own it. Daniel owned it for all of Israel. Yea, all of Israel transgressed thy law even by departing that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us. And the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. 
And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Again, out of Jeremiah's writings. Jeremiah preached it, preached it, preached it, prophesied it, prophesied it, prophesied it, and they did not turn. And they wound up in captivity. Just exactly what God said was going to happen if they didn't turn. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon us the evil and brought, up, uh, brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is, is righteous in all his works which he, uh, he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. And now, uh, O Lord our God... Thou hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and hast gotten thee renowned as at this day. We have sinned. We have done wickedly. Let's see here. 16, okay. I want to go through 20. O Lord, according to all thy righteousnesses, again, not anything that we've done, Lord, and he's praying to the Lord and without a better way of saying it, he is, is drawing, i put it that way, he's drawing upon the Lord's righteousnesses. He's drawing upon the Lord's mercies and the Lord's graces because we know that we, we deserve. And that's it. He just said, we have done wickedly. We deserve all this, Lord. And to get right, you've got to own it. You've got to accept what's being done in his wrath and indignation toward you. O Lord, according to all thy righteousnesses, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy, from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate. Daniel is saying, hear me, thy servant. Daniel is standing in the gap for the whole nation of Israel that is scattered at this time in a, a whole bunch of different places. And he's pleading the cause for the nation and he's asking that God would hear him singularly, his servant being the one that's now calling out to God for mercies. And uh, so our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake, not for any of our sakes because we deserve what we're getting. But for your sake, your promises, Lord, your covenants, Lord, your mercies, your righteousnesses. Because we're wicked. We're weak. So many times when we get in our prayers, we mispray. Because we go thinking that God owes us something. Because we're his child. No. Not if we're in iniquity and sin. We deserve his wrath just like the children of Israel did. And maybe you're seeing it on 
loved ones beyond you, and it's not affecting, I mean, it's not, it's, the wrath is not on you, but you like Daniel and you like Moses are interceding for somebody else's. But it still goes back to, yes, Lord, they deserve it. <laughs> but for your sake, Lord, because you love us, because you love sinners, because you're merciful, and your mercies endureth forever, David said. And I'm drawing upon your mercies and your graces and your righteousness. And pray that way. Like the examples we find here in the Word of God. And he says that, For we do not present our supplications. Let me back up. Verse number 18. Oh my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open thine eyes and behold our desolations in the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee. For our righteousnesses, as he done said in verse number 17, it's for the Lord's sake, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O my God. For thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he was delayed. That's right. Daniel being an intercessor for the nation included himself in the sins of the nation. And oftentimes we want to distance ourselves from all that mess both sides of the aisle in Washington, D.C. And the mess... (laughs) downtown OKC when the Bible says we're to pray for them. We're to intercede for them. You mean old confused Joe that don't know what to do at the laying of the wreath on Veterans Day? Yes, even old confused Joe at the laying of the wreath on Veterans Day had to be directed by a very patient soldier. No, Mr. President, he didn't say it that way, but he's thinking, you can just tell it on his face. There, there's where you need to go. He, he made the little motion. We're going to intercede for him. You mean, oh, big mouth, hyena laughing Kamala Harris, we're going to intercede for her? Yes. For Schumer? Really? Yes. For old Nancy Below? Yes. <laughs> Let's go down the list. For our nation. And our nation's sins include you in them, like Daniel did. And plead for the mercies of God on this nation because, and it could be that this message will prompt this little group to get a burden for our nation to the point where we're praying like we ought to pray for it. We're including us in our sins, in their sins, as a nation. And we stand in the gap for our nation in prayer. 
like Daniel did, because he got word of why they were in such a mess. How did you know where he learned it from? He got from the Word of God. He said, "Oh, Jeremiah done done explain this to us." <laughs> He done explained it while we're in this mess and in captivity, and he done said how long we're going to be here. And guess what? It was exactly that long. And we know that nations are a reproach that turn away from God. And we need to we need to intercede for our nation. We need to intercede for our families. We need to intercede for our state. Some of the things our governor, one side of his mouth, he says he's this. But then he wants to introduce this, which goes against this, into our state. It's like, Governor, we don't need a new form of gambling. We don't need to bet on fighting roosters. People done said no to that. Why are you wanting to bring it up again? Come on, Governor. And we'll fuss at the radio that's brought us the news. We'll fuss at our phone that brought us that article. We might even get on a phone call to our state legislature and fuss down there. How many times have we carried it to the throne of heaven and begged for God's mercies on our state and on our nation, on our family, on our church family, on our church family's family? Again, you know, when the extra, the, the name that Jennifer mentioned in our prayer meeting for extra prayer. Not going into details, but just put extra prayer, call out her name and beg the mercies of God on her and her situation. That God would intervene and bring these to each other and, and compact with each other and agree touching heaven using the promises of God. You said we're to agree touching heaven, Lord. That you would do it. And I'm paraphrasing there. You would hear. You would answer. You said if we pray in your name, Lord, in Jesus' name, you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I've got children that need to be saved. And that's going back to God's promises and God's mercies and God's covenants. Pray that way. And we see Daniel and Moses, and I'm sure we can, I know, I know we could go with a whole lot of others. Those are the two that God pointed out to go to as an example. Help us to get under the load and to look for a gap. Look for a gap in the hedge and be willing to be the one, like Moses, to intercede and like Daniel to intercede, to intercede in any way we can, whether it be by prayer or by service, and just be a vessel yielded unto him to be used of him in whatever capacity that he has us to use. And that's my message tonight.